unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Good evening, everyone. It's time for us to begin our evening Bible class. If you're in the foyer, we want to invite you to come into the auditorium for a short devotional period. have several announcements that hopefully will be pertinent to you. We're happy to announce that Rachel Whitley Daniels is home from her lengthy stay in the hospital. Jeremy Owens has been transferred from Jackson to Tupelo for rehab. Gabe George, who is Abby's brother, continues in the local hospital. Bonnie Warner is recuperating at home following knee surgery. Larry Richardson, who is Liz Floyd's brother, continues in Vanderbilt Hospital following heart surgery. And Adam Martin, who is Billy Martin's nephew, was in a bad scooter accident. He's going to be having some facial surgery soon. Please remember all these in your prayers. The food pantry and clothes closet is going to be in operation in the morning at 9 o'clock. If you're available to help, we can always find a place for you and would not turn you away. So, love for you to come. If for no other reason, just see the operation. Know what this congregation is involved in. The youth group is going to go to the Tennessee Youth Night in Selmer, Tennessee, tomorrow evening. Going to leave from the TAC at 5 p.m. Zion Rest is conducting a vacation Bible school this Saturday. It goes from 9 until 1 p.m. They'll have lunch, and it's for 2 through 12-year-olds. Maywood week eight is a little bit over a week away. If you want to go, there's still some room. So please register online. And there's actually some information in the bulletin tonight. If you can also help with some of the desserts, uh, there's information about that in the bulletin as well. There is a gospel meeting at Marietta that begins on Sunday. They meet at 9.30 in the morning, and then that's for Bible class, 10 a.m. for worship, and then they're having a fellowship meal after that. Their evening service on Sunday is going to be at 1 p.m., and then Monday through Wednesday, they'll be meeting at 7 p.m. Their speaker for the meeting is Keith Wilson. Okay, that's all that I have. I hope that information is useful to you. We're going to be singing a song, having a devotional talk and prayer. And so please join in as we participate in this period of worship. Mark plays number 948. Number 948 will be our invitation song. Now turn to number 867. Number 867. Who came on plan by one? 
In Luke chapter 20 and verse 25, Jesus said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. A husband and wife were invited to go to the husband's employer's home. And it was an extraordinary place. Lots of square footage right there on the banks of beautiful lake. Obviously, very expensive piece of property. And then in the garage, several cars, uh, one of which actually cost more than their entire house cost. But they had been invited just to relax and enjoy the hospitality of the husband's boss. And so they did. On Friday night, they went out to an exclusive restaurant and they just, you know, they just enjoyed things that were way beyond their ability to pay. But because of his wealth, they were just guests. And so it's almost like they could just pretend for just that little while that they themselves were rich too. Well, Saturday evening came and they again were going to one of those fancy restaurants and they're walking on the sidewalk and as they're going, the man's up ahead and he stops abruptly and he looks down at the sidewalk. Well, they weren't sure exactly what he was doing. Thought maybe we should go and pass him. Maybe he wants us in front of him or something. But as they neared the man, he then stooped down to the sidewalk and reached down and picked up a dark penny. Just kind of looked at it for a second and then smiled, stuck it in his pocket. They were curious, but didn't say anything. Went on into the restaurant, enjoyed the meal. But that curious incident really bothered the wife. And so she was thinking, how can, I, how can I ask him what's happened here? So she thought, wait a minute, our daughter, she used to collect coins, so that's how she would broach it. Hey, um, you know, our daughter used to collect coins, and I, I was just wondering, that coin that you picked up out there seemed important to you. Was it of great value? And so he took the coin and brought it out of his pocket and he pointed it at her. He said, can you see what this coin says? And she said, yes, sir, I, I sure can. It says United States of America. He said, no, not that part. What, what else does it say? It says one cent. Okay, well, flip the coin over. So she did. She said, okay, on this side, it says in God we trust. He said, right there, that statement, in God we trust. He said, you know, when God is written on anything, the name of God is holy and sacred. When I see it, all of a sudden that becomes very important to me. And he said, it seems like people drop their change all the time. And that logo that statement is 
printed on all these coins. And so when I see a coin lying on the ground, I know it's got God's name on it. And so I pick it up. And when I read there on the edge of it, in God we trust, I ask myself in that moment, do I trust God right now? You know, not just in the prepared moments of our lives when we're ready for the question. It's just at random. When I see a coin, I pick it up and I say, in this moment right now, am I trusting God? So Jesus pointed out with regard to the coin that was to be paid for taxes that it had Caesar's impression on it. And certainly that was true. Almost all the artifacts that we have from those periods doesn't have a date on it, but it has an image, the image of Caesar. And the idea was that Caesar owned everything. Caesar owned the coinage too, and you need to pay your taxes because Caesar's face is on that, it's his, so return it to him. Jesus said, there is no debate here. Whatever Caesar's, give it back to Caesar. But then he adds this. You also render to God the things that are God's. Not like our U.S. coinage has God's name printed on it. For those in the first century... God's image, not printed on coins or billboards or in advertisements and bumper stickers. It was then as it has always been and continues to be today that God's image, that's on us. As much as we would render to Caesar what is his, we ought to also be inclined to render to God what's his and that. That would be us, ourselves, our person. I'm inclined to think every time I see a coin lying on the ground now, to be reminded that it's God I should be trusting in. And I would also be inclined to do as that man did, to ask myself in this moment right here, am I still trusting in God? If you're a child of God, you already indicated the initial trust that you had in the Lord in confessing your faith in him. But you know that matter of faith is an ongoing condition. Is it true that in this moment you're still trusting in God? If for some reason that trust has faltered, let me encourage you to reinvest yourself in the Lord. And tonight, let's pray about that. Let's put that issue behind you, whatever's besetting you, and let's get back on the right path. If you're not a child of God, then today we would also ask that question. Surely, in your association with us, you walk through those doors continually. You hear the gospel. Have you come to the place where you believe he's the son of God? If you do, it really comes down to the choice that you're making. Are you ready to serve him and to put your own will aside? Are you ready to truly trust in the Lord completely? Today, if, 
You believe he's the son of God and you're willing to repent, turn away from sin, confess that faith. You can be buried in water and have your sins washed away. You'll rise up in newness of life, a total transformation, the ultimate clean slate. Do you trust in God? Why don't you answer that question right now as we stand together and sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for bringing us all here. and Thank you for offering knowledge through thy word and granting wisdom through thy word. We're so grateful. May we take advantage of this evening, the evening that you've given us, to learn and gain further in thy word and head closer to eternity with thee and thy son. And we love thee so. And we're so grateful for thy son that you've given us. In his name we pray. Amen. As our teachers head to class, let's sing the first stanza of Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I
Hello. Hope you've had a great week. Have you? Yes, we have. We love it. Good. I'm glad. So, Lord's blessed you. And now we have a chance to get together. We're going to go over this sick list. And I've had some adjustments made. Folks have indicated some things that have changed with some folks. So, we're glad for that in most cases. And... Then we'll have our prayer and begin our Bible study together. So here they are. Irene Baker, that's Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer and we, she's been experiencing a lot of pain lately. So pray that she'll do well. Austin Wentz is the gardener's grandson. He's undergoing treatments for cancer. Wade Davis is still missing after over a year now. Bless the Davis family. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's disease. That's Doug's dad. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Both Lex and Regina Crossan have several health issues. Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna, they both have cancer. Eli Johnson's undergoing treatments for cancer. James Goddard has cancer. John Roten has Parkinson's disease. Is Peggy here tonight? She's not, but he's doing better. We're back to the doctor today. And she's going to up his medicine because it's triggered with the improved. So. Oh, good. So it's, it's working. That's great. Well, the reason I asked, she asked for one of these sheets because she's going to really get him in line now. <laughs> <laughs> so. So if she's watching, sorry, John, I'm just sharing. Okay. Um, Ann Langford, Lisa was saying uh, she's got, aside from the arthritis, she's got several health issues that they're, she's concerned about. So we pray that she can manage that. And she's looking maybe at some new doctors. Uh, Emma Hutton has cancer. Paul Nichols has cancer. Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis. Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa, Teresa Burcham have cancer. Laura Galloway, how many weeks? She's, she's in the go zone. She's in the red zone right now. She's, she could score any time. I think she's starting to get a little scared. She, oh, she okay. went to the doctor today. No joke. Last okay, so it's, it's nearing. It's nearing the time. Carl used to say, when the apple is ripe, the apple will fall from the tree. So... That applies. Uh, Lauren Brumley is pregnant as well, a little a month or so uh, farther along uh, down the road. Uh, Linda Garrett's undergoing treatments. I had to slow her treatments while she had shingles. Uh, they're starting them back up, Joe. One last week. Okay. All right. Good. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Uh, remember Dave and Lynette Woodrow? They're dealing with some. Serious problems. Larry Muse is Joe's friend. He has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer's five years old, has leukemia. Roy Taylor, you know, had the heart attack, was at home waiting on the bypass. He went in for a stint yesterday. But in the process of that, they discovered that he's got severe kidney problems that are going to have to be dealt with as soon as possible before they can ever do anything. So 
He didn't get the stent done because now we've got the problem with the kidneys. So it sounds like he's got a difficult road ahead. Remember Minnie Yarbrough, Micah McBrayer, he's four years old and his parents are carrying him to St. Jude for treatments. Joy Jameson is improved, um, uh, possible aorta surgery ahead, but he's got some lifestyle changes to make before he'll be a candidate for that. Janie Toller is recovering from some injuries. I remember Flora Warner. Sybil Tollison has Alzheimer's. This is Jerry Ligon's neighbor. Uh, Rachel Daniels, I mentioned, is home. She was in the hospital for about four weeks. Jeremy Owens is going to be taking rehab in Tupelo. Martha Eaton is recovering from several falls. She keeps falling. I mean, she had a fall just a day ago. So please, please keep her in your prayers. I can't keep doing that. How's Sherry, Bob? Better? Okay, is she home? Yes, sir. Okay. You take good care of her? Try to. Okay, good. Uh, Loxley Eaton's taking treatments for cancer. Callie Allison's having seizures. Any update on that, Rick? Okay. Patricia Davis is Jerry Ligon's sister. She's recovering from surgery. She's doing pretty well, last I heard. Uh, Joanne Roberts is dealing with chronic back pain. It's got a very bad case of neuropathy. It's causing me not to be get my balance back or the use of, use of my hands. And eventually I'll be in a wheelchair, motorized vehicle. Well, let's slow that down, right? But you seem to be navigating pretty well despite all that. But we are praying for you. Randy Stutz has prostate cancer. He's to be evaluated on the 17th. Pam Farr uh, has some health problems awaiting a pathology report. Ann Waller is Shirley Taylor's friend. She had to have stent surgery. She she okay? She's doing good. Good. Uh, Bonnie Warner is recovering from surgery. Elizabeth Hubbard, um, she passed away, so we want to remember that family. That's Joanne Roberts' niece. Gabe George is Abby's brother. Uh, had an, uh, he's in a local hospital, had, having to have surgery on his pancreas. Got a lot of decisions to make about his care. She's uh, responsible for that. Stella Potts is having several surgeries soon. Andy Bailey. Uh, who knows Andy? Yes. Good news. Larry Richardson is Liz Floyd's brother um, at Vanderbilt following heart surgery. How's he? Much better. Good. Uh, Eddie Kraft, uh, he is a preacher up in the Elizabethan, the Tri-Cities area. Uh, he has liver cancer and is undergoing treatments for that. 
Treva Brown's brother, Michael, is undergoing some tests. So we'll, as soon as I know anything about that, I'll share it with you. And Adam Martin, who is Billy Martin's nephew, was in a scooter accident. He's about 42, avid runner. He lives in Collierville, Tennessee with his wife and their two boys. Um, pretty serious injury. It's going to involve some uh, facial surgery. And Michelle Latham, that's the Taylor's daughter-in-law, had ankle surgery today. So I think this is not the first. She's had several problems with her ankles. So we want to pray that goes well. Okay, anybody else? Okay, we're going to pray for these folks, and then we'll begin our study. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for a great day today. Thank you for the many blessings that are just beyond our counting. We even sing a song about counting our blessings, but as much as we do, we know that there's so much more under the surface. So we're just grateful. We depend on you for everything, and we acknowledge that. We pray, Lord, though, uh, as we do go about our life under, under your watchful care, uh, we know that our health and even our very lives are, are very tentative, uh, all kinds of uh, dangers around us. And we're, we're grateful that we're able to be here tonight, but there are so many others that suffer uh, for various reasons that can't assemble here or be a part of their regular church families and we're praying your blessings on them with recovery. We pray your blessings on Irene Baker, that she can be relieved of her pain and suffering. And we pray she'll have good days with her family. We ask your blessings on Austin Wentz as he undergoes treatments. We pray they're effective. Bless the Davis family in Wade's disappearance. And we pray comfort for them and for Sue especially. Bless Bobby Petty in his battle with cancer. Be with Kelby Smith that he will have good days and receive adequate treatment. Bless Van Roberts who has cancer. Paul Rollison who has cancer. We ask your blessings on Lex and Regina Crossan who both have health issues. Be with Marty and Donna Woodruff as they both have cancer. We ask your blessings on Eli Johnson as he undergoes treatments for cancer. Bless James Goddard, who has cancer. We pray for John Roten. We're thankful that his treatment is being effective, and we pray that he'll have some normalcy again. We just we rejoice that his condition was diagnosed and that the treatment is working. We pray for Ann Langford, who's experiencing several health problems right now. We pray relief for her. Be with Emma Hutton, who has cancer, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, and Teresa Burcham. We pray that they're all able to respond to treatments that they receive for their cancer. Bless Laura Galloway as she's experiencing some of the effects of her pregnancy a little more severe now as the due date arrives soon. We just pray 
health for her and for the baby and a very safe delivery and be with Lauren as she's entering into this same period very soon. And we pray that you'll give her strength too. We ask your blessings on Linda Garrett as she's once again taking treatments. We just pray that what she's going through now is going to pay off with health later. Just give her the strength to bear up under it. And thank you for the encouragement she is to all of us. Bless Barbara Foster who has cancer. We pray for Dave and Lynette as they're dealing with issues that in some ways are are just complicated by uh, health issues and job issues. And we, we just pray, Lord, that these things can be resolved and they can be well. Bless Larry Muse, who has cancer. Bless Lennox Kenimer, young, who has, young person who has cancer. We pray for Roy Taylor in this complication that was discovered with his kidneys. We pray he'll get the treatment he needs to be well again. Be with Minnie Yarbrough and Flora Warner in their advanced age and pray that they'll have good days. Bless Micah McBrayer and his family as they take trips to St. Jude for his treatments. Be with Joy Jameson that his health and condition will improve such that he can have surgery he needs. Be with Janie Toller and her recovery. We pray for Sybil Tolleson who has Alzheimer's. We rejoice that Rachel Daniels is well enough to go home, and we pray that her condition is stable. Be with Jeremy Owens, who's undergoing rehab now in Tupelo, and we pray that uh, he'll, he'll do well in that. Bless Martha Eaton as she recovers from all these falls and uh, broken ribs. We, we pray, Lord, that she'll not fall again and, and get well and strong. Be with Sherry Floyd in her recovery from uh, recent treatment. We pray that it was effective and that she's on the road to recovery. Be with Loxley Eaton, who's taking treatments for cancer, and Callie Allison, who's been having seizures. We pray for Patricia Davis, who's recovering from surgery. Bless Joan Roberts as she's been experiencing neuropathy and uh, very severely and Lord, we just pray that her condition can be slowed. Be with Randy Stutz as he seeks evaluation uh, in Birmingham. Be with Pam Farr as she awaits her test results. Be with Ann Waller as she recovers from stent surgery. Bless Bonnie Warner as she's recovering from her surgery. We pray for the Hubbard family and Elizabeth's passing and comfort for Joanne. We pray for Gabe George who's in the hospital and facing surgery. And we pray for Abby's trying to make the right kind of decisions for his care. Be with Stella Potts, who's having several surgeries. We pray for Andy Bailey. We're thankful that he went home and pray that he'll have a, a full recovery. Be with Larry Richardson, who is in the hospital following heart surgery. We're Thankful to hear that he's responding and doing well, and we pray a full recovery for him. Be with Eddie Kraft as he undergoes treatments for liver cancer. Bless Trevor Brown's brother, Michael, as he's undergoing tests. We pray they'll discover exactly what his problem is. Be with Adam Martin as he faces surgery and recovery time, and we're thankful that as bad as it was, it wasn't 
worse. And we pray for Michelle Latham, who's had ankle surgery today. We pray that this surgery in particular will be such that it will help to promote healing in her and she won't have to go through uh, these kinds of procedures again. Um, no, it's very trying on her physically. Lord, thank you for hearing us and for the results that you will bring. Please bless us now as we continue our study of what it is you've revealed to us about tending to our families. Uh, help us uh, not, not just to think about what you've expressed in the scriptures, but the application of those things to our families and help us be serious about building relationships that not just are lasting, but that are powerfully meaningful, creating memories that will carry through generations. Thank you for the blessing of our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, we're finished with this. However, I wanted you to know that I still have several copies of the family assessment. You're assessing your family's strengths, and that's important because we want to know where we are in relation to what God has shared with us of his expectation of our families. That's, that's what that whole thing is about. Now, there are just 10, 10 observations or assessments in each of those six categories. There could have been so many more, but I tried to set it so that these would be the, you know, generally the, the more important avenues that are aspects that you would want to consider with your family. It's important that we stop every once in a while and make an assessment of where we are personally and if you're in a family of your relationships because you don't want to get to a place where you've been negligent and you wake up one day and members of your family are far apart. You don't want that to happen. You want to gauge it and massage it and be careful with those relationships along the way so that we don't have those breaches and disasters down the road. So that's number one. That's what we've talked about for the last two weeks is the idea of assessing our family's strengths. And just in terms of a little bit of review, what we did is we looked at the strength and we contrasted that with areas in which we need growth. If you found an area that needed growth, that's fine, peace. But please give attention to that because that is an area that you need to give some attention to so that you can be strong in that area too. These just reflect the kinds of things that God wants us building in our families. Now, in my mind, this was going to be not, not just a class exercise. In my mind, this would be an exercise you might do with your family. Sit down at the dinner table. Everybody kind of going through this assessment, you can make copies of those sheets and everybody jot down for themselves what they think, what you think is a strength they may think is an area we need to grow in. So what you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to go through this, you're going to share what it is that you think your answer is and either you agree or you, guess what, you disagree. If you disagree, the next question is why? Why is it you think 
it is as it is? Or why is it you think so different from the rest of us? I'll give you an example of this. When our kids were young, we kind of had a family meeting one time and threw around a lot of these kinds of questions. And what grew out of that was Anita and myself and Casey and Troy were all on the same page. But Drew came out of there like, that's not how I see it at all. He was the oldest child, but he felt like he wasn't being heard. And that became a, that was a big deal for our family. So we identified a member of our family who, if we hadn't sat down and had this talk, probably would have gone for a long time feeling that way. And, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm suggesting to you right now is that you have assessments once in a while because if that goes too long, guess what? That's going to really affect personality and how they view the rest of the family. And it, it might take an extraordinary effort on down the way in order to bring people back together. So that's just one example of a scenario that, that we had. We identified a problem. We said, oh, well, we've, we've got to address that. You know, we've got to make provisions because we want everybody to feel in our family like they're being treated fairly. So if you disagree, you've come through this little survey and you disagree with everybody else's assessment or it doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page. The next question to ask is why? You know, why do you feel that way? A second thing that I thought would be really helpful, you're going to think I'm kind of wacky, so hear me out. I'm not talking about goofy stuff, but I'm saying that in our families, we should have, I didn't know what else to call it, so I was going to call it a dream session. And when I talk about dreams, uh, like in an elders meeting, I might also use this word, a vision. Vision. The idea of, okay, where is it? that we're going. Well, before I know where we're going, I need to what? I need to have an impression of where it is we need to go, right? Do you know what visualization is? So we go from vision to visualization. They do this a lot in sports, like in football, for instance. If you're the running back, what you do is the coach hands you the plan, the play, right? You know kind of how it's supposed to go. A lot of times it's not executed right, and that's why, you know, you have failures. But if everybody operated the thing in the ideal, then you would gain yardage, maybe even score the touchdown. So what running backs, a lot of the skilled people on the team do, is they look at the plan and then they imagine in their mind how that thing unfolds. And then maybe they throw in some anomalies, like maybe, maybe this guy didn't make his block. And they imagine how that's going to be. So that when they're actually in the game, they already have in their mind certain images or pictures that they may actually see on the field. And they've already kind of run through it in their mind. So what we do is, We've gone through all of these assessments. There were 60 different things that we were giving attention to within those six different categories. A broad category, a grouping of categories. However, they're reflective 
of our study from God's word. So we say those, those things are very important. Those are the things that I want to see. That's like the plan, right? That's the play. Those are the things I want to see in my family. Now, there are always going to be anomalies. There are things that we never anticipated. But in my mind, I want to visualize, I want to have an idea of the way I want our family to look. Several years ago, I made a trip and Anita went on the trip with me to Samoa. And we met the Hansels, Joe and Millie Hansel.
Our members are sitting here quietly, visualizing, meditating on this question. What do we want our family to look like? What is it that we dream of our family being like? And then what we do is we share that with each other. We just go around the table. Have you ever done this at Thanksgiving? I, I think I told you this is one of our traditions at Thanksgiving before the meal, actually before the prayer, before the meal. We go around the room and we tell each other what we're thankful for. That, that would be something similar to this. We've been thinking about our family and what's important to us and what is lacking. So now we're just going to go around the table and we're going to say, okay, you know, share, share with us a little bit about what you think is lacking in our family and what could be better. If, if you had an ideal picture of us, share that with us. Tell us what that would be. And then when people share, here's the danger. I'm afraid, does this ever happen to you? I'm afraid if I start sharing what I've been visualizing, somebody else in the family will do what? Squish it. What? Squish it. Squish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that's a dumb idea, you know. Uh, okay, uh, n this next thing is pretty important, and it is just acceptance. I just, you shared with me what you think. I can't, for me to tell you that that's not right, if it's what you actually think, right? We're just brainstorming here, so I'm not judging you for what you think. It's kind of like when we were sitting around with our family with Drew. Nobody said, well, now, Drew, that's ridiculous. Of course you're accepted and you're... No, that's not how he felt about it. How he felt was whose reality? Not mine, not Anita's, not Casey's, not Troy's, but it was his reality. What we hope to do is to change his perspective about his reality, right? But the only way that's going to change is if the circumstances that put him in that place change. Does that make sense? So that's what we want to do with this. What, what do you imagine would be the ideal for our family? And we're just, we're just sharing that. And then we're looking to accept. Now, we have a text related to that that our famed reader is going to do. And that's from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Okay, so if the influence of Jesus Christ is in us, how should we be acting? Christ, just exactly like Jesus. Okay, that begs this question. <laughs> Do I act just like Jesus? That's why he said you should be doing what? First thing right out off the bat there, verse five, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. You know, we just kind of going along like everything's cool. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But again, there are words like drifting in the scriptures for a reason. And that is we just kind of wake up one day and we realize, wait a minute, I'm not where I thought I was. 
Well, that happens as an individual, but you can multiply that time however many members there are in your family and realize that it is important in the family unit to keep this together. And so occasionally, using an exercise like this, and I have 30 more copies, so if you need a blank copy, I'm, I'm happy to share that with you. But an exercise like this once in a while will just help to identify maybe some things that we've drifted away from. So examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Now, what we want to do as we're kind of voicing these things out is start to choose some very specific goals. We say, okay, here's something that is lacking and we want it to be better. So what are those things? And if you were thinking just right off the top of your head, what would be some specific goals that most families should be shooting for? Anything? Faithfulness to God. Okay, faithfulness. Um, how many members of our family do we want to be faithful? Everybody. Right, and so you say, well, the, the church... We're looking out for one another. That's true. But within the family, who spends more time with you than your family, right? You might see church members uh, on Sunday, <laughs> maybe a Wednesday night. But I'm going to tell you this. I see you. I mean, I can see you with my eyes. But I've not spoken to every single one of you. And I try as I can before services start to get around and say hello. But generally, generally, the conversation goes like this. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Great. You'll hear me say great. And I mean it. Great. But very few of us actually get beyond that. Or we talk about how, how much rain did you get? Or how, you know, how are the plants doing? Kind of superficial stuff. Where is it that you really get to the nitty-gritty with people? Most often, it's your family members who know the, the deeper things in your life or your very close friends. And oftentimes, what do we call our very close friends? We call them family too, don't we? Because they're very close to us. They might not be physically, but they're very close. So in these units, in these close units, we want to be checking on each other's faithfulness, don't we? Don't we want to make sure we're all in the right? Uh, is what, what else? What would be another area that we would choose as a specific area, a goal to, to build up? Well, Ken, that, that covers it. <laughs> uh, what about the way we talk to each other? Ooh. You know, I, I didn't give you this one, but Ephesians 4 and verse 29. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> I joke. I'm just kidding. I'm just, no, it really is, but kidding. <laughs> 29. Yeah, Ephesians 4, 29, yeah. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay, when you edify somebody, what are you doing to them? You're building them up. And he says that when you're do, you are, ex, 
You are extending grace to them. What is grace? It is like, it is like you are verbally giving them the most beautiful gift. Because as you speak to them, you are just picking them up. What does he say not to do? Corrupt communication. What would that be? Corrupt. When something's corrupted, what does that mean? I mean, generally speaking, it's just not good, right? It's just not good. Don't speak ugly to somebody. What you should be doing when you speak to them, you should be building them up. My dad used to say, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything. That's pretty good. That's pretty good advice, right? Pretty good advice. So how I speak. And, and I'll tell you, in families, and I don't know if this is mostly true with boys. I think it's maybe even, I don't, I don't know. I can only speak from my experience growing up because I only had brothers. But boy, we could. Whew. We, you had this. No, you only had sisters, right? But you had a couple of brothers. But man, especially as siblings, you can be very, very gruff. And you say, oh, now you, I, you know I love you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you do. But man, if you have to constantly remind people that, gotcha, but I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. You're trying to save a situation, right? Or... Um, oh, the text, it's in the, it's in the Proverbs. Um, Solomon tells us, you know, it is, it is not a safe thing to knock your neighbor and then come along and say, oh, I was just kidding. Oh, I was just kidding. You remember what verse that is? But here we come along it's like, you know, I'm going to get you. Oh, but I'm kidding. But a lot of times we wonder, were they kidding? You know, did they say that? Is there a grain of truth in what? Do they really mean it? They're just backing away because they think it make me upset. We should, in a family, be careful what we say, how we speak to each other. Is that it? Be faithful and talk nice to each other? Be honest. You ought to be able to count on what people say. Absolutely. And... I, I even, I really don't even want to use this word because the word I'm wanting to use is especially in your family. But to say especially means that there are some cases in which maybe we accept it. I, I, I don't want to think that I accept that. Does it, does it irritate you when you call a service person like a plumber or an electrician to come and fix something for you and they don't show up uh, at the time that they tell you? Is, am I the only one? Okay, that happens, right? That should not be, uh, in fact, it has gotten to where it's pretty well just, most people say that's what you expect. Isn't that awful to be a part of something where, now you might be very diligent as a plumber or an electrician or whatever, but isn't it sad to know that throughout the industry, people have been so dilatory that now, even though you may not be that way, you have the reputation despite how good you might be, or that so-and-so is the best one because well, they may not do as good a job, but they'll always come. <laughs> they'll always come, be there. I mean, seriously. We, Anita has a cousin who is known for the fact that he doesn't tell the truth. I mean, it's his nickname. 
I'm not going to say it because it might get back to him. <laughs> but seriously, if you have that kind of reputation, what does that say about how reliable and dependable and, and how much of a blessing you are to the family? If we can't even depend on what you have to say. And not only that, not just what you say, but you know, deceitfulness in the sense that maybe you don't say wrong, but you don't reveal everything. That complicates relationships that are close, like in these families. Uh, anything else comes to mind? Time together. Absolutely, time together. We may have... We may have every best intention. We may be super faithful, but we don't, just don't spend time together. Um, one of the saddest things I, I see a lot of times is that people become so busy in their lives that like when you I remember us carrying our kids to ball games, we would sit through every ball game, but a lot of those kids didn't have parents with them. Might be a grandparent or one of the grandparents or something. There are certain circumstances that arise where it's impossible maybe for us to juggle our, our uh, date books. But I'm telling you, our family needs to come, come first. We need to take care of those people that we're responsible to. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this, but when you have children, you have given birth to an eternal creature. They began with you but they are never going to end one way or the other. So while we have them under our influence, what should we do? We ought to give them every opportunity to get the best that we have to offer so that at least when we send them off, we've got them headed to heaven. Yes or no? Absolutely right. Okay, well, our time's up, so we'll finish this up next time. Yeah, you've got some more scriptures to go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's have a prayer and then uh, we'll be dismissed. And thanks for your attention. Our Father in heaven, thank you for your blessing of this day. Thank you for our time together and thank you for the ways that you've instructed us to guide our families and the protections that you've put in place. If we'll just We'll just follow your instruction. So, Lord, just make us more diligent and help us in our families be serious. Uh, give, us, give us the time to sit down with the members of our family to understand where they are and how they see the relationships going. And if it's within our power to change, I pray that we'll do what's necessary in order to encourage and build up every member of our family. Thank you for the blessing of family. Help us to cherish it. Be with us now, Lord, as we depart and keep us safe. And if you'll give us a new day, I pray that it'll be extraordinary in a lot of ways and that we'll glorify you in the things that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.